Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 2, Episode 20 of Farscape, Liars, Guns, and Money, Part 2, with friends like these. I really, really liked last episode. I was not a fan of this one. Okay, so here's the situation. It's basically just fan service the episode. Okay, so first of all, it's continuity porn, the episode, mm. and... I am a fan who loves to be serviced with some continuity porn, so. But also, this episode is essentially the Empire Strikes Back episode. So, the first episode of this trilogy was essentially self-contained. Like, there was an episode and it ended. And I forgot that this one ends on a cliffhanger, right? It ends with... John captured, just like Empire ends with Han Solo captured. Or The Matrix Revolutions ended, however that movie ended. It also ended on a cliffhanger, but God knows I don't remember it. It's a real trilogy thing, right? Where the first one's kind of self-contained, and then the second one is a cliffhanger. We really should have done the second and third one as one piece. So I know you didn't like this one as much as the first one, but I'm going to wait and see what you think next week when we watch the... It had the Farscape problem of being really boring and feeling kind of unnecessary i say the farscape problem but it's a lot of sci-fi shows where there's like this episode could legitimately just be 20 minutes i mean not great for your enjoyment of the episode this episode was basically dargo's a dick for god i hate dargo so much on the plus side this introduced officially introduced joffy 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 who is apparently the Connor Angel of this show. He really is, in, like, every single way. Now, I don't like Angel, the character, but I like him quite a bit more than I like Dargo, so I feel perfectly happy that there's going to be some little punk teen kid making his life shitty. Oh, poor Jothy. Poor Connor. So, as a reminder, last episode, they robbed the crime bank, the crime bank for criminals. The Shadow Depository. Mm hmm And they stole a whole bunch of Scorpius's money, and it looks like they killed him, but it didn't happen on screen, so... Eh. I love... In this episode, they don't even address that it seemed like they killed him. He's just alive, and they're like, yeah, well, obviously he's not dead. Come on. Get with the program. I mean, honestly, the real cheat here is we thought we saw... Peacekeeper, S&M Peacekeeper assistant lady get killed, and she's definitely not dead. But at least they have a throwaway line for that, where he's like, no, she's just injured, it's fine. She needs to be careful. She's not wearing that stupid wig anymore. She's blonde, and I know this isn't charmed, but being blonde on this show seems equally as deadly. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, you know who's a blonde in real life? Claudia Black? No. Well, that's the thing. I was gonna say... Virginia Hay is a blonde in real life, but also so is Gigi Edgley, so that doesn't really work. Mm. I don't think Claudia Black is a natural blonde. I mean, she ha she has blonde hair sometimes, but I think her natural hair color is black, and she just bleaches it blonde sometimes. Well, um, you know Lauren Prepon? Yeah. Prepon? She's a natural redhead, and yet, like, after a certain point in her career, she started dyeing her hair all the time, and I'm like, you're wasting being a natural redhead. But... Yeah, whatever. It's her prerogative. Yeah. Well, did she have... What color was her hair in orange is the new black? Because I feel like that's the... Black. Okay. Well, because that's the most recent big thing she did. She probably had it dyed for orange is the new black. 
Well, in the last season, which nobody let, or last couple of seasons, I think, which nobody liked of that '70s show, she went blonde. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, and she looks fine with different colors hair, but you know. I feel like I feel like the show was wrapping up, and she needed to be like, "Look, I can do other hair colors too." Casting agents. Yeah, well, it's like when shows end, and suddenly everyone's know, in shape again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not so much in Friends, but I think that's because... Well, they well, were not, getting, like, a million dollars an episode. Let me amend that. Not so much the dude cast members of Friends. Yeah. Except David Schwimmer, who... It's weird because, you know, Ross's thing was being the nerd, but he was probably the most in shape out of the guy cast consistently throughout the course of that show. I think that's probably true. I, I think that being on Friends did a number on all of the Friends' body images, though. I mean, you you see you you saw them in the uh, the reunion yeah. special. I mean, what 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 are we doing? Like, you you don't need to do that to yourself anymore. I, it was played as a joke, but that scene in Cougar Town where Courtney Cox's character doesn't let herself swallow chocolate, where she like has a bucket she spits chocolate into after chewing it, and it's like, haha, it's so funny. It's like it's not really. That's that's disturbing. That is a disturbing thing. Like, I know that Hollywood messes with your head and has unrealistic body standards for everyone. I mean, you have, like, a smart, sexy guy like Kumail Nanjiani, and the MCU makes him think that he needs to be this, like, dehydrated, ripped guy. And, yeah, Hollywood messes with you. But I feel like if I had the amount of money that they had when Friends ended, I would... I would not care anymore, but that's probably not true. I mean, especially because once you're that level of famous, you're in the public eye forever. Oh God, remember when people took those shots of uh, Aquaman looking, of Jason Momoa looking perfectly normal? And we're like, oh, look at all the weight Jason Momoa put on. Yeah, look at Jason Momoa's new dad bod because you couldn't individually see every ab, which he still had a six pack. It just wasn't as super defined as it was when he was in Aquaman, but he, the man still had a six pack. Oh, and, oh, look at this guy who's not dangerously dehydrated, really letting himself go there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's toxic. Uh, <sighs> let's talk about Farscape. Yes, so, as a reminder. They robbed a shadow depository. They robbed a shadow depository. Scorpius and uh, wig ladies seem like they died, but they didn't. They took all of Scorpius's money, but the SM alien who is not Scorpius, the SM alien who runs the shadow depository. Lady Bloobs. Lady Bloobs. There you go. I know Xan is also Lady Bloobs, but. Well, yeah, but the, the woman who runs the shadow depository doesn't actually wear clothing. She just has like. An exoskeleton. Yes. But she God, put... that must make it so hard for her to shop. I mean, I guess she doesn't wear clothes, but... That, that's why! Yeah. There you go. Might as well go naked. Who's gonna stop her? No one. She wouldn't have to worry about her body image. If you have an exoskeleton, it's like... What, what, a, what a surprising advantage to, uh, <laughs> to being an insect person. Yeah. Yeah. Just never go to the gym. I mean, I guess you... Would. I don't go to the gym. I just naturally look like this. I was going to say, I guess you would have to, to gain muscle, but maybe having an exoskeleton kind of stops you from doing that. I mean, ants don't work out, and they can lift, like, 
massive multiples of their body weight. But ants are basically always doing CrossFit, and ant lives CrossFit. Oh my gosh, I guess that's right. Anyway, she put she put coins in Scorpius's vault that only look like coins. They're actually little killer robot dudes. Yeah, they're they're little insectoids that look like bugs in their dormant state, but then they wake up and eat your ship. So it's really a shame that Moya's gang stole these these particular barrels of gold. Actually, this is kind of a perfect storm of my least favorite Farscape elements. Something's it, wrong with the ship. Yeah, X is wrong with the ship. We need to solve X and Dargo's a giant asshole all the time for no reason. Yeah, because I feel like you, I mean, you don't like continuity porn as much as I do, but I feel like you at least have an appreciation for it. I do appreciate it to bring back something we never talk about on the show. I know a lot of people are kind of and the season five finale of Buffy, but I like the fact that they brought back all of the one shot, you know, the Buffy bot, the you know, troll hammer. I don't like that they made him a troll god just for that. Eh. But like, I liked that they brought back all of the little one off episode stuff. See, I thought you would like this episode because it's exactly what happens in this episode. I also don't like Farscape as much as I like Buffy. So yeah, that's fair. So, also, it seems weird that they didn't, like, call that planet where John impregnated the princess. Or She's a statue. Honestly, I, I like continuity porn stuff, but this felt just... It didn't feel like there was a good reason for them to call the whatever pirates or the belching frog dudes. The Venetian pirates. Yeah, or the power glove warrior guys. Like, this all felt massively unnecessary. Okay, well, not to spoil it, but there is a good reason to bring back the Power Glove guy, but it's specifically because next episode he has one of the best lines in all of Farscape. But we'll get there next week. Mm. So, on the ship, Rigel is all bummed out because it turns out that buying an entire fleet of slaves is going to just use up all the money that they stole and since he was going to be paid in whatever they weren't using to buy the fleet of slaves he's basically getting nothing for his uh, part in the heist right it turns out you can't just buy a single slave you have to get the whole lot of 10,000 and Jothi is being sold in that lot so that's what they have to do I guess that makes sense I mean obviously it's morally bad but I don't know that seems like a I guess maybe it's like a, maybe it's like how you can only buy like sand from a sand lot if you're a construction company. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things. It seems like maybe not the best business thing to only sell slaves in that big of a thing, but I guess they know their business. They, they don't have the overhead of like, they're not going to go through that lot and find one person for you. I was thinking more like, wouldn't people be buying smaller amounts of slaves for smaller things? Yeah, but that's not what they do. They're like Costco. Yes. They're like the Costco of human suffering. Yeah, let's let's go with Sam's Club of human suffering. Okay. Well, Sam's Club is owned by the Waltons. Oh. It's like Costco, except terrible, because it's owned by the Waltons. So, Dargo contacts the, the slave dealer and discovers that the lot has already been sold to a private dealer who paid way above asking price, so... They're not even going to go to auction. And Dargo immediately starts strangling Stark, and he's like, you told me we had more time! And the guy's like, 
yeah, the auction isn't until tomorrow, but some guy offered me three times the amount what the lot's worth, so I sold him to it before the auction took place. Also, and Dargo's like, I don't care, I'm still strangling Stark! Also, Stark is like, um, don't forget, the whole reason I'm helping you with this is because 9,999 of those people are, like, my people that I wanted to free, so, you know. And Dargo's like, why don't you care? Why do you hate my son? Why do you hate me and my son? Why are you constantly stopping me from saving my son? Like, Stark hasn't been holding his goddamn hand the entire... You wouldn't even know where Jothi was. I know! You have done nothing, Dargo. Ugh. He's the worst. Well, then there's a recording of Scorpius, who's like, Hey, John, guess what? I'm the one who bought Dargo's son, so... Uh -huh, not dead. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Also, I'm not dead. Also, I will trade Dargo's son for you. So, uh, Dargo, I know you love just strangling people and blaming them. So why don't you just strangle John and send him on over my way? Which, honestly, good plan on Scorpius's part. Oh, yeah. Really good plan on Scorpius's part. Personally, I can't wait for the bit where Jothi uh, seals Dargo in a box and then sinks him to the bottom of the lake for, you know, a lake, a bay. Yeah, I think it was what, a bay. What is LA? What's LA next to? Whatever body of water LA is next to. What? That's the ocean. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, so the ocean. I can't wait until Jothi puts Dargo in a box and sinks him to the bottom of the ocean because, oh my god. <laughs> this is why people don't want to help you. You did nothing. Nothing. Ugh, I just, I hate Dargo so much. He's the worst. Oh. And I was turning around on him for a little while. I know, while you were, you were. Anyway, this is at least partially Stark's fault because John is like, how did Scorpius know about all this? And Stark is like, well, I was pretty sure that he wasn't, you know, listening into my transmissions, but shrug emoji, guess he was. <laughs> Whatever. John's also way too fast to blame Stark for stuff. Like, none of you people were doing anything. Like, well, okay, no. I, it's fair. I think it's fair of John to blame Stark here. Stark is the one who decided that they had to rob Scorpius's vault. A lot of the fallout of what happens wouldn't have happened if they hadn't been robbing Scorpius's vault. And so Stark's need for revenge here is what messed up the plan, as it often does in heist plans. And... Dargo is upset because the plan isn't working perfectly and he wants to get his son, even though he's bringing nothing to the table. John is upset because Stark, in his quest for revenge, brought their abuser, like, face-to-face -face with them to let him get in more attacks on the two of them. So, and just, really just John, because he's basically done with Stark. I, I'm just saying John has more reason to be upset with Stark. I guess, I also, I mean, I don't know, but when, I mean, I, I feel like it's not unreasonable to expect, uh, obviously there's a revenge component to the whole choosing it, you know, choosing uh, Scorpius's vault. Right. But also, Stark doesn't know how much money is in any of the other vaults, right? Like, so you could break into a vault and it could be full of, I don't know, pickles, this is basically uh, space storage wars. Yeah, like... 
It's all doll heads. Yeah. Like it's 10,000 Barbie heads for some reason. Yeah, you don't know what's in any of the vaults, except he probably knew Scorpius had money, I'm guessing. Like, I, I know, like, it would have been better if they'd gone to another one, but I feel like it makes sense for them to do Scorpius outside of a revenge thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame Stark. I'm just saying that I feel like John has more cause to blame Stark than Dargo does. Yes, but... That doesn't mean much because Dargo has basically no cause to blame Stark. Yeah. You know, Dargo doesn't have cause to do? Start ripping up pieces of the control console and throwing them around in anger. You know what like, is a living creature, right? That can't possibly feel good to her. What a dick. What a dick. And he's like, I can't lose Jothy, not again. And John's like, okay, whatever, but you're not taking me to see Scorpius. I will literally blow my own head off before I let you take me to Scorpius. And and Dargo's like, why do you hate me and my son? God! Dargo. And the thing is, I'm a dad. I would do anything for our daughter. But being a raging dick to everyone trying to help you is not constructive. It's not helping you get your kid back. You are the main thing stopping you from getting Jothy back. Yeah, that is accurate. In in fact, now there's a moment where Dargo goes back to his quarters and he has a vision of Jothy being like, hey, how come you love John more than me? If you loved me more than John, you would do whatever it takes. And it's like, that's not the situation. So this is just him delusioning right this isn't like oh yeah it's just him delusioning it's not like a psychic trick it's not someone beaming no no he's just it's just a manifestation of his own guilt although i like that he sees teen jothy even though he should have no idea what teen jothy looks like that's exactly what i was gonna bring up but you know that's the actor who we're gonna see as jothy later i mean really they needed to do that so that we the audience would know what jothy looks like when he shows up because the last time we saw him, we saw him as a toddler. Yeah, little kid Jothy. Really little Jothy. Yeah, in the picture that Dargo carries around. They needed to show us, hey, this is what Jothy looks like now. We're talking about a teenager, not a little kid. So Chiana goes to talk to Dargo because, you know, he's being a raging dick. And she's like, she's like Ariel in the Little Mermaid prequel where she's the only person who can get him to calm the fuck down. Hmm? In the Little Mermaid prequel, Ariel's the only one who can get her father to stop being a dick. Because she looks so much like her mom who got smooshed by a boat. Yes. Creepy. Anyway, Dargo admits that for a second, he when he was on the command, he was like ready to grab John and turn him over to Scorpius. And it's like, yeah, we, we know Dargo. We were all there. Yes, you were not being subtle about that at all. And Remember the episode, The Ugly Truth, where we were in Dargo's head and we saw the difference between how he thinks he's coming across and how he's actually coming across to people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's all. So, Chiana's like, you know Crichton's like your friend and he's also the only reason you haven't been horribly murdered dozens of times by this point. Maybe don't give him to the tortury death guy, you know, because then you and your son will basically die instantly. And Dargo's like, shut up! He's the only thing I have left of my wife. The only woman I've ever loved or will ever love in the future. And Chiana's like, you know what? Not my problem anymore. Right? Which, I mean, I know they're just having sex, but they're, 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 you know what? 
but there's an emotional component to their relationship, there's too. There's definitely an emotional component to their relationship. And Dargo's just being a dick to everyone. Yeah, and him being like, remember, you're garbage compared to my dead wife. Like, unnecessary. Unnecessary dickishness. Which is weird because there's so much that could be explored here, right? Like, this could have been done an entirely different way. The reason that Dargo's wife was killed, was murdered, the reason she was murdered was because her brother disapproved of her marrying a Luxon, a non-sebation. And there could have been a component where Dargo is carrying around this guilt that's not his fault, but nonetheless he's carrying around the guilt that it's because of him that she was murdered. And like he has to deal with what to do with this guilt that really isn't his fault. But instead, he's just a giant dick lashing out at everyone. Like, it could have been a really interesting exploration. And I feel like Farscape has the ability to do that. I think that the current storyline with John kind of losing it with the chip in his head is well done and is an interesting exploration of, like, what, you know, an, an, an interesting metaphor for PTSD. Mm. I also do like the fact that the people he's killed affect John, unlike every other sci-fi show ever. How many people has Captain Kirk very casually murdered? And then he's just like, eh, whatever, I'm Captain Kirk. They're red shirts, it doesn't matter. He he beams two dudes into space where they explode, and then he's like, eh. I was mind-controlled, doesn't count! No, he wasn't. He He didn't know that he was beaming them into space, because he was... Yeah, he thought that he was beaming them onto the planet. But, right, right. Yeah, but, he, he wasn't being mind-controlled to kill them. He was being manipulated to think that he was on the planet. The fact that he never feels guilt over killing people, it's creepy. I, Picard has that issue, too. Like, I can't speak for the other Star Trek captains because I haven't seen much of the other uh, Star Trek, or any, really, except for that, like, couple episodes of... Uh, What's it called? The one where there's like a... Deep Space Nine. Yeah. But I'm given to understand that Janeway murders people all the time for funsies. I haven't actually watched a lot of Voyager, so I can't say yay or nay on that. And uh, I will say an interesting thing in Battlestar Galactica is that when it starts out, it's a real discussion about like the weight of killing people. And the president, President Rosalind... She does what her predecessor did because she, she the, the president before her told her that he did this. He kept a list in his drawer of all of the people who died because of his command decisions just to like keep him focused and keep him trying to not kill people. And we see a really powerful episode where she has to essentially destroy a ship full of civilians because it also has the thing that's letting the Cylons track them. Hmm. And then we see her like write down the name of that ship and in, in a piece of paper on her desk drawer and it's like a thing and it's heavy and it's weighty and then by the end of the series she's just pushing people out of airlocks left and right like no fuck you you worked with the Cylons you're out of here but you know that's a that's a different show (laughs) these are all these are all very different shows we're talking about Farscape where Scorpius is yelling at uh naked bloobs ladies second in command or yeah he wants he wants them to just pull Joffy for him and he's like okay well there's 10,000 people in there that we have to go through and he's like sounds like your problem sounds like something you need to work out and... how did Joffy end up and do we ever find out or no we don't 
we don't figure it out. Seems like kind of a random place to end up, but... Yeah. Eh. So, Scorpius, by the way, like, does a little aside where he says... Oh, by the way, these Bannock slaves, is there a Stykera there? And this is, I think, the only time, at least it's the first time we've heard that word for what Stark is, mm. where he has, like, the thing in his head that lets him usher people into the afterlife. So not every Bannock person has the star thing. Correct. Anyway, so he asked them, you know, hey, of all of the, the Bannocks on this ship, are any of them that? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, oh, what a shame. I had one once, but he slipped through my grasp and... Oddly, I'm thinking about him now for some reason. Why? I mean, I, I guess it's it's a good establishing thing. It's weird that he keeps on mentioning the gamic base, even though it blew up 11 million years ago. I mean, it was only a few months in ship in show time. Yeah, but he keeps talking about the damn gamic base. Like, I get it. You had a gamic base once. You don't anymore. Shut up. I mean, I feel like if someone blew up your house, you'd talk about it a little bit. Yeah, but it's weird that he says, I had, uh, you know, whatever. I had a Bannock dude who had the star thing in his face on my gamic base. I'm like, you could have just said you had one. You didn't need to bring up the gamic base. That, that, I did not bother me. <laughs> That's funny. That <laughs> It didn't, like, bother me, bother me, but it really seems like he shoehorns in, I used to have a gamic base into a lot of his uh maybe maybe he's trying to impress Lubish alien so back on moya pilot reports that there's some sort of weird thing happening with her where her metal is deteriorating and they need it fixed like right now x is wrong with the ship we need to solve x and then john brings out the continuity porn which is going to be instigated by the fact that jothy is still in transport until the ship gets to the Shadow Depository, and Scorpius actually has hold of him, that's their window to rescue him. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to get together a team. They're going to put together a team and go rescue Jothy. A regular suicide squad. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, little insecty dudes are running around eating moyal. Om nom 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 nom. Nom 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 nom. So John does the thing where he like lays out the plan of who they're going to get. It turns out that Pilot and Moya have been mapping all of the uncharted territories. They have been charting the uncharted territories. Makes sense. Yep. So we can go back to any episode that we've had and grab those people. Starting with the blood trackers that they need from the episode where they tortured Dargo until the blood runs clear. Oh, good. They're bringing back the blood trackers. Yeah. The... It's... Well, they need the blood trackers because there are 10,000 people. They need to bring them onto the ship once they capture it and be like, out of these 10,000 people, someone grab Jothy. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I was going to say, it's asinine that the blood trackers are a thing because how do you track through space? Because they do it through sniffing, but you're right if they're looking for a specific dude and like... Although, shouldn't they just free everyone? Yes, one would <laughs> think that would be the thing to do. But whatever. Whatever. So they're getting the, the blood trackers, those burping battle toads, the fireball burping battle toads. And they're going to get the Tavlek from the episode with the gauntlet, who can, like, shoot things with the gauntlet. But basically, John just wants the gauntlet. He's like, he doesn't really care about the Tavlek that's attached to it. Why do they need the fireball burping frogs or the Tavlek guy? Well, John just wants the gauntlet because it's cool. 
And the fireball burping guys are so that they can get through the doors in the shadow depository that are locked because nothing can get through them. Or, I mean, it takes a lot of force to get through them. And they're like fire burps are some of the strongest, like, metal disintegrating things. I thought the thing was to get Jothy before he reaches the shadow depository. Oh, you're right. I don't know why they need the burping frog guys then. See, I like continuity porn when it's serving a narrative, but this just seems like a bunch of, hey, you remember this from this previous episode? We're bringing it back for no reason. I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer on this episode, but... (laughs) That's okay. I I really, I I genuinely do think that you'll come around on the next one. Okay. So they're also going to get the Zanetian pirates who had the flax Mm. so that they can catch the ship in the flax. It really feels like the only ones they need are the trackers and the flax people. Yeah. Honestly, the Tavlek thing just really feels like John's like, I want to wear the gauntlet again. It was fun to wear the gauntlet, even though it's going to turn out in this episode that he can't wear the gauntlet. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, he barely survived it the first time, didn't he? He had like the adrenaline withdrawal or whatever when they took it off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He barely survived it the first time. And as we're going to learn, the, the guy who uses it has been upping the amount of serum that he uses in it because that's just that's just how it goes so now it's like there's no way it could john could live with it on his arm so then stark feels feels a great crying out as though nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine voices all cried out and were silenced at once as if a whole bunch of people got flushed down a space toilet but gross yeah, so it turns out that all of the Bannocks were killed because that was the easiest way to get Jothy, was to just kill all of the other Bannocks. That can't possibly have been true. Right? Like, really? They couldn't be like, hey, who's the one guy who doesn't look like everyone else in this giant lot of people? Also, the Bluebish alien earlier was like, hey, you only want Jothy. We can sell the others and recoup our losses. We're selling them individually on, on that market. And... Scorpius was like, I know business is bad. I just want to catch out John Crichton. So, but seriously, that it, it, it does seem like an unnecessarily evil move. Yeah, and dumb too. Like, I mean, I get you don't want what's basically a potential army around to kick your ass. I guess. Maybe, but like, also, it really feels like you were risking accidentally killing Jothy. Like, how did they... I don't get what method they had of just finding him that involved killing everyone and not him. Actually, you know what? I had a problem with this until you brought that up. Like, we never see any of it, but now that you say it, they had to find one person out of 10,000. I can imagine that there was some sort of aerosolized poison that affects Bannocks that doesn't affect Luxons or Sebations, and they just put it through all the vents. I guess. It seems not like the best thing. Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. No. Honestly, it feels like just a dumb move, but whatever. They're evil, 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 evil. I mean, if we learned anything in the last few years, it's that evil people do really evil things with no advantage to themselves just all the time. Yeah. People will shoot themselves in the foot just to spite other people. So, John is going off to get the Tavlak... Other people are going on other missions. He tells Dargo, hey, if I don't come back in, you know, the next 24 hours, uh, call Scorpius and tell him where I am and trade that for Jothy. And in 
the Farscape one, Chip, Chip Scorpius, who we're now calling Harvey, is showing up to taunt him. So, John, I thought that this might be Scorpius because there was this weird thing about how the Chip wasn't supposed to be able to initiate conversation. He does say that, yeah. Which is weird because isn't that the whole point of the Chip is that it would be able to talk to John whenever it wants? I mean, I guess the point was that it's going through his brain looking for the wormhole information, but... John isn't supposed to be consciously aware of the chip. This is a surprise to everyone. But I think that's just part of human brains being different than Sebastian brains. Hmm. But yeah, it's not supposed to be able to make contact. And, and part of that is the chip itself is growing. Yeah, it's becoming its own thing. Right, which was its plan, but it's, it's growing beyond even its programming. No good, he's got data in his brain. It's more like he's got lore in his brain. Actually, it's... it's. Does lore have, like, an evil cat with an evil mustache? Is it... You know... You know, we never meet an evil cat owned by lore, but my headcanon is now that lore owns an evil cat named Stripes, because Data's cat is Spot. Yes, that, that, is, that is now my head cannon. Also, I just want to throw this out there. This is just really random. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing that Will Wheaton has talked about a lot where people will say to him, like, in a joking way, shut up, Wesley. And he's like, we're not friends. Don't do that. That's really hurtful. And, like, it happens all the time and it's just really too much. Yeah. And... One of the things about that that just really strikes me is that the shut up Wesley comes from the episode where Wesley's like, okay, that robot is clearly not Data. Like, clearly this is an evil robot that has taken Data's place and no one will listen to him. And it's so cartoonishly wild that people aren't listening to him that you expect there to be something at the end where they're being mind controlled but no they're just so entirely wrong and that's where the shut up wesley comes from it's the cassandra moment just throwing that out there Mm. to quote fake gary uh coleman from avenue q it gets old (sighs) anyway back on farscape we're getting some backstory between Blue Lady and uh, Scorpius. Yes, we're finding out. Well, and actually, we're not getting backstory. I really like this, though. We just find out that they have a history, but the show doesn't need to go into it because we don't need to know all that information. We get. I get the impression, I don't know how accurate this is, that she like trained him up and that he was like a squirrely nobody when they first met. Yeah, he was he was a squirreling we definitely get the impression he was a nobody when they met and he did something that saved her from peacekeepers and so now they they kind of owe each other. But and, also they try to kill each other a lot. Well, he says that's why I can't keep you around because you know too much about my past. You know too much about old me. And then he was and then he goes in to bite her face and we cut away. But from like it. in a sexy way. Mm-hmm. So Back on Moya, Chiana is looking for treasure and uh, Rigel catches her because, you know. He's looking for treasure. Yeah, they're like, since we're not getting paid for, you know, the thing, let's just steal a bunch of money so it'll be worth our while. They're just going to skim a little off the top. Which I'm sure uh, Dargo yelling at Chiana didn't help this situation at all. Yeah, right? 
But when they open the container, they find that it's empty because the coins have eaten their way out. And they start going through the rest of the cast to see who would do this. You know, Dargo's an idiot and Crichton's too honorable. He is. He is, but just there's the Crichton's too honorable. I think that's an interesting word for Rigel to use to describe John Crichton. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like his value system wouldn't have him describing John as honorable. Huh. Interesting thought. And, and really, the thing is, it's not that John's honorable per se, because that implies some sort of lawful good code. And that's not John, but he has his own code, and he wouldn't steal from people he considers his partners. He wouldn't steal from the other crew on Moya. He wouldn't cut off Pilot's arm. Mm. I mean, honestly, out of all of the people who are currently on the ship, the person... I know this is bad because I keep on yelling at Dargo for not trusting him, but the person I would assume would be, you know, Stark. Right? Well, and I do like that the way that they set it up is John is too honorable, Aaron's too dull, Dargo's too... Stupid. Yeah, but Rigel pauses because he's like, I know he's your boyfriend, but Dargo's too simple. (laughs) I just, I, I just like the, the beat there where Rigel's like, look, I know, I know you're smashing uglies, but uh, Dargo's, Dargo's not the, the sharpest screwdriver in the crayon box. He, as Smash Mouth once put it, he is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's not an all-star. But uh, they don't say Zan, which, I mean, I don't think Zan would steal, but... Yeah, Zan would never steal, because <laughs> Zan's the one who's too honorable whatever that means yeah like she she's not too good for murder but she's too good for stealing as we found out last episode exactly exactly so the coins turned into little bugs and started attacking them but luckily chiana had hairspray and a lighter so okay no so she's actually fending them off with the blowtorch that she was using to open the box that the gold was stored in i feel like that's a, a good use of props and it scares the creatures away and Rigel they're pops afraid up. of fire remember that mm. and Rigel pops up and he's like oh you're, you're alive what were those things and she's like I was calling you for help and he's like I like how he just ignores that and he's like it's weird they look like treasure right but they were little creatures and yeah our money's alive and it's eating the ship but more importantly to Rigel that means we're poor again so John goes to Power Glove Planet Power Glove Planet ah oh. The power glove. It's so bad. And, God, this subplot takes forever. You know, if we hadn't done, if we still did episode titles instead of just calling them what the episode of the show is called, mm-hmm. then I feel like the Tavlek episode, Thrown for a Loss, would have had to have been called, <laughs> I love the power glove. It's so bad. Yes. <laughs> so all of the Tavleks are dead except for this one dude. Oh, I don't think they're dead. I think it's just that he's gone off to meditate and be a monk. Oh. Which is the deal. He's he's off. He's, like, got a little zen rock garden. Mm. And John knocks him out to get the gauntlet and sees that he is not wearing the gauntlet. And then we get a flashback to see why he wants the gauntlet because, you know, you can... It's a pretty cool weapon. Yeah, you can shoot little purple balls at people that kill them and you can also use it as a shield. And it's very... Uh, 
it's a very useful device. And he's like, hey, so it, you don't see an example of it in the flashback, but, you know, it also gives you super strength and endurance and stuff. Yeah. So the tablet tells John that he has basically turned over a new leaf. He has become a good person. So, but I just, I, I have to highlight why he's a good person. Okay, so they, this, this is the group of people who, like, kidnap professionally. That's what they do. And they kidnapped the priest of some religion. And I'm guessing his people didn't pay for him or whatever. So they ate him. But he had a bunch of, like, scrolls and crap in his prison cell. And he read all the scrolls while he was eating the priest. And he's like, oh, this dude didn't suck at all. Whoops. But here's the thing. This is the same guy that Zan spent all of that time trying to rehabilitate. And then he was like, nope, sorry, I chose to wear the gauntlet. That's my choice. And then, like, the next day, some priest dies. And he's like, oh, this guy had some good ideas. It's not the teenager she flashed, right? It's yeah, this is the teenager she flashed. Wow, really? I, I thought... Wasn't the teenager? I thought the teenager was part of something else. No, no. This is the teenager she flashed. So she spent all of that time trying to, like, convert him to being good. And he was like, nope. Not having it. I, mean, I just, I just, it, it cracks me up thinking of how frustrated Zan would be if she was there at this moment. So back on the ship, Chiana's trying to capture one of the gold spiders so that Zan can dissect it and figure out how to kill them so they will stop eating Moya. Because Moya is not in such hot condition because she's being eaten from the inside out by spiders. God, that's really gruesome. Yeah. So they don't actually flash back with this. They, they've done little flashbacks every time that we've done a little continuity porn thing. And I kind of appreciate that here, Chiana has a gun that's shooting this blue glue that's the same glue that Moya manufactured to stick everyone in place in the episode where she found out she was pregnant and the ship was kind of attacking them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I like that there's another kind of continuity porn thing here without really being obvious about it. But yeah, Chiana's shooting the blue glue at the aliens to try to uh, freeze them in place. So Zan can figure out what their weakness is. Also, Rigel and Stark are having a little argument about blah, blah, blah. It's, it's your fault that these creatures are on board because you sent us the wrong thing. I didn't say He's you. right. Like, Rigel's right. He didn't send them to the wrong thing. It's just Stark didn't know that his money was replaced by the stuff that looked like money but was actually predatory metal bugs. I mean, I was going to say that maybe Stark shouldn't have sent them to the vault of a person who has reason for everyone in the galaxy to hate him, but I guess the point of a shadow depository is that everyone who deposits money has reason for everyone in the galaxy to hate them. So, yeah, okay. So, Aaron is off to see the Battletoads, and it turns out having a civilization that's based entirely on war is bad for you. Because if the minute someone in your army shows weakness, you kill them, you don't really end up with much of an army. That's true. That's true. Anyway, there's been a battle, and there's only one battle toad left, and Aaron's like, ugh, all right, fine. And we cut to Dargo capturing the trackers who are running away from some, you know, Sebastian peacekeeper types, and they're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to capture you anymore because my female is pregnant, 
And even though my whole thing was being like cartoonishly sexist in the first and only previous appearance of us as characters, now suddenly I'm listening to her all the time and acting like we're life partners instead of basically she's my slave, which was more of our dynamic last time, but whatever. That was gross and unnecessary, so I guess I should complain that that's not what their dynamic is anymore. Yeah, I mean, yes to all of that, to, to the entire thing. <laughs> anyway, Aaron is bandaged up the Xiang, and she's like, um, you are pretty wounded, I don't think you can produce fire anymore. And he's like, oh yeah? Check this out! And then he barfs up, like, the tiniest amount of fire, and Aaron's like, I've seen bigger. And he's like, I can do better once I'm not dying. On the Tavlak planet, John is not convinced that this guy actually gave up the gauntlet because it's so sweet. Who could ever give it up? So he's like, yeah, you hit it when you heard me coming. So I'm just going to stand here until you go into withdrawal bad enough that you get the gauntlet, and then I'm going to take the gauntlet. And on the one hand, you have no evidence of that, but on the other hand, he's right, so... So do they acknowledge, like, does Anne acknowledge that she met this guy before in the next episode, or...? Yeah, I'm pretty sure when they when they meet again. That's a, I mean, I know, I know. I was gonna say it's a pretty big coincidence, but no, no, they went to the planet that they know he lived on. Planets are big, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's like a little prince situation where. Yes, the... it's a little prince planet. Except instead of a volcano, there's just like the one room we saw where they store their hostages. So, on Scorpius's ship, Scorpius is talking to Joffy. Yep, they've tracked down Joffy for him. Joffy. I like Joffy. I mean, I know he's a little turd or whatever, but everyone's unlikable, so I enjoy Joffy. Joffy, like, looks at Scorpius and is like, what's your deal? Are you a mutant or something? And it's like, Joffy, you live in the Farmscape universe. Is is this guy? Any weirder (laughs) than anything else. I also love how Scorpius is like, so which side of your heritage do you hate more? Do you hate the Sebations more? Or do you hate whatever the fuck Dargo's people are called more? And Jothi's like, seems like you're kind of projecting a lot of your issues onto me, dude. Right? I mean, this is really revealing a lot more about Scorpius than anything else. I mean, honestly, I think I where we haven't, I guess, hit any of the Connor stuff that apparently will be part of him later. But I really like Jothi here because he's... Kind of no-selling this entire conversation. Yeah, he's... Yes. Jothi is like the opposite of Dargo, you know? He's having very little reaction. He's just taking everything in and responding when you would think it would be something he would be blowing up about. Um, I just want to point out a couple of things about Jothi that aren't immediately obvious from this first shot of him, but are in fact true. Uh, he's got a scar across his nose mm-hmm. because he removed that nose plate that Luxons have. Oh. And his uh, tentacles, his head tentacles, are also shortened and scarred because he's removed them. Wow, that's like his junk, though, isn't it? Yes, the tentacles are like your junk. Well, that's unfortunate for him. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Scorpius isn't entirely coming out of left field with this whole boy you must really hate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Dar goes off with the trackers, and the guy tracker is willing to go and do this so that he can get money, but the female tracker is pregnant, so she's going to stay behind. Well, the the male tracker doesn't want to leave the female tracker because she's pregnant, but she's like, no, we need money for the baby, I'll be fine. 
and he's like, are you sure? And she's like, hey, remember when you didn't listen to me at all during that last episode? Did you learn something or? Okay, not to jump ahead to the next episode, Mm -hmm. but Dargo's like, are you even good enough that I should be going through this whole rigmarole? And the woman is tells him like when the last time he had sex with Chiana was. Actually, what she says is it would be easy to miss it under the musk of Nabari that is overpowering, but you are also traveling with Adelvian and whatever. And Dargo's like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. I'll take them guy. Instead of saying, wait, are you both trackers? Or is only the female of your species able to track? Mm. Just... Just to jump ahead a little bit. So, Zan is examining the creature, and it's immune to everything except fire. Fire kills it. Fire bad. But the amount of fire that... Yeah, fire indeed bad. Because the amount of fire it takes to kill the thing would destroy Moya. It's just like, it's not... It's a no-go. Yes, they can do it on an individual basis, but there's like thousands of these little guys so they're they're not willing to give moya that serious a case of fire hole i'm sorry i'm being very gross this episode (laughs) although they have to prepare for that possibility because it may either be okay we set moya a little bit on fire or she dies like neither one of them is great but i mean ideally you don't want to be any amount of on fire but the alternative yep so scorpius calls and he's like Hey, so I was just, you know, I had my hair up in rollers and I had my, you know, pink slippers on. I was like, yeah, you know what? Might be fun. Give, uh, give Crichton and Dargo a little ring-a-ding-ding. Stay home. Can we chat? And Zan's like, they're on the toilet. They're both in the bathroom right now, but they'll call you back as soon as they're not in the bathroom anymore. And Scorpius is like, sounds fake, but okay. And then Stark jumps up and is like, hey, Scorpius. Fuck you! It's me! The guy that you tortured before Crichton! And then he takes off his mask to, like, blast the image of Scorpius, thus disconnecting the call. And, you know what? I really like Stark. Because Zan's like, what the fuck, man? And he says, look, we don't have Dargo, we don't have Crichton, but now Scorpius won't blame you, he just thinks it's me off my rocker from the Aurora chair, which I'm not anymore. Everyone flips out at Stark, and like you said, he points out, we don't have Dargo or John because they're like, you condemned Jothy to death, you know, and he's like, no, I bought us fucking time. Jesus Christ, do you know how much my back hurts from carrying you people? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Stark Uh, is very much on the ball. Everyone sucks here. Chiana's all like, mur, 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 mur. if if Jothy dies, you won't need to wait for Dargo. I'll kill you myself. And Stark's like, me, 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 me. Okay, you know who doesn't suck? Who? Stark doesn't suck. John doesn't suck. Aaron doesn't suck. The three of them should go start their own Moya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scorpius is having weird strangle sex with Bloob's lady, who's <laughs> got like a head crab thing going on oh my god and to show at the point at the point of climax his little head thing that regulates his heat pops out dude god dude it's just 
There's a time and a place for this sort of thing, but okay. We didn't mention it before, but earlier in the episode when Chiana catches the spider guy, it's like on the ceiling. So when she shoots the glue gun at it, she gets like a face full of blue glue goop. Unfortunate. I'm just saying, this is a horny episode. This episode's almost as horny as that other episode that was so incredibly horny. What? You're you're going to need to be a lot more specific. Is it is it? Were you talking about the one where Dargo has to sex the old lady into heaven? That was a horny episode. I feel like there was another episode where we were talking about how horny it was. Yes, probably. I mean, this whole show is horny. So, Scorpius is like. So the money they stole from me, that was actually creatures that you sent to kill me. And she's like, I was just playfully trying to kill you. Come on, you know our dynamic. We've been sex buddies for so long. And he's like, "Mm -hmm." she says you wouldn't have respected me if I didn't try to kill you. Oh, Okay. So Scorpius is like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't care if everyone else dies. But if John dies, then I'm going to shoot you into space or whatever. Yep. I'm not going to sexy kill you. I'm going to regular kill you. He's, he's. <laughs> God. Honestly, I feel like the whole, the whole of Farscape can be summarized with that one gift from Community of the Dean saying, this had better not awaken anything in me. Yes, because after he threatens to non-sexy kill her, he shoves his leather-gloved fist in her mouth, and she's like, which, okay, fine. (laughs) Whatever. So, meanwhile, John's still having this super boring argument about, you know, the guy with, with the power glove guy where he's like, give me your power glove, I know you still have it. No, I'm peaceful now, I... I studied the readings of whatever, and I'm a priest, and I'm peaceful, and whatever. No, give me the glove. No, I'm peaceful. Glove, peaceful, glove, peaceful. Blah, 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 blah. Also, he's clearly really, really needing the, the chemical in the glove, and he glances over at the rock pile that he's hidden it in, and John is like, oh, there it is. So he grabs the gauntlet, and the tablet's like, yeah, my dosage has increased a lot since last we ran into each other, so... Uh... Yeah, you're you're not going to be able to wear that thing. You're going to have to take me with it. Wah, wah. Yes. Meanwhile, back on Moya, Zan tells Pilot, hey, so we need to fill you with fire. You know, Moya, we need to fill Moya with fire or else she'll be eaten from the inside out by bugs. And he's like, you can't set her on fire. That's monstrous. That's a monstrous thing to do. And she's like, did you miss? Did you miss the part where she'll be eaten alive by bugs if we don't? Because it's not like I'm saying we need to do this for funsies. Pilot's line reading of the, you would burn Moya. I feel like I see that in compilations a lot. Hmm. And I mean, it's it's like chemotherapy, right? Like we kill the cancer with deadly poison. It's rough on the body. Yeah. But then there's more continuity because the dumb beard god of the leviathan god the leviathan god who for some weird reason was an old bald bearded white dude well it was rigel it was john hardy it was the guy who who voices rigel i know but it's asinine that the giant space whales god is some dude like he couldn't look like i don't know a floating orb or something like it had to look like a human dude that's weird you're right it should have been like a floating orb or a little leviathan yeah. Little Leviathan. 
I've I've manifested in a form so that I can speak to you, even though I'm, you know, a even, thousand reflecting mirrors of whatever whales. I I have come to you in the form that you would most accept. A white sebation dude. But, but yeah, he references that episode. And he's like, well, the builder did say that you were in charge of us. So I guess you can fill us with as much fire as you want. And sounds like cool. So she releases a bunch of flammable gas into just the portions that the money has infected. And the idea is they'll light a spark at the last possible moment while she tries to come up with another plan. Mm. But, you know. Spoiler alert, she's not going to come up with another plan. Is this the thing that stops Moya from having her full capacity now that she's not pregnant anymore? Yeah, yeah. They have to basically keep her at limited capacity or else there's no tension. Also, how do the maps work? I thought Starbursting put you in a completely random part of the universe. That's why they had pilots say that he and Moya have been trying to the best of their ability to track where they are in the Uncharted Territories, because otherwise you would ask that question. Okay, it also seems weird that they were so easily able to revisit those areas. I mean, you must be able to keep some sort of track, otherwise Leviathans would be terrible things to travel in. Mm. I mean, that was sort of the impression I got, but... Alright, so meanwhile, Rigel is talking to the pirates, and unfortunately we don't get to see that cool uh, pirate guy. Uh, you know what, I'm ignoring the twist at the end of the episode. He used male pronouns... He seemed to not necessarily identify as male, but... But he used male pronouns, so we'll use male pronouns. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't see the cool pirate guy from that episode. Yeah. We I, did... I mean, I feel like Stark t took on those personality traits. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, it's fucking Durga. 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 Durga is back again. <laughs> Well, the last time we saw Durka, he was inside the Flax, so it turns out that he took over the Zenitian pirates, because that's, that's how he does it. He's like Boba Fett, except boring and terrible. Yeah. And Rigel's like, okay, well, I guess I need to make a deal with you, Durka. And Durka's like, no, because I'm evil. And Rigel's like, okay, well, it's a good thing I'm holding a knife then, and just stabs him. He's like, look, I've done this too many times. Like, I did... I." Got over my trauma way back in PK Tech Girl. You are just going to die now. Thank you. Thank you, Rigel. A thing I very rarely <laughs> if ever say. Thank you for sparing us more goddamn Durka plots. So the actor who plays Durka did not know that they were going to kill him off in this episode until the props guy came to him to make a mold of his head so that they could have his beheaded body. <laughs> Although, God knows, maybe he'll come back again. He's not coming back again. Good. The but... Zenitian pirate is like, hey, Rigel, I thought your plan was great, and I like the idea of having money, so uh, count us in, now yeah. that I'm in charge. Klingon promotion. Actually, I, I don't want to say Dirk is a lot like Boba Fett, but Boba Fett, Boba Fett doesn't really do much in the original trilogy, does he? Right, all we see, all Durka does is get caught all the time, right? All he does is, all that we see him do is fail to defend the ship from PK Tech Girl, get caught by the Nabari, and get caught by the Zenitian pirates, and then get killed by Rigel. Like, yeah, yeah, like, Durka seems legitimately terrible at his job. What did Boba Fett do? Like, he stood next to Vader a whole bunch, and then he fell into a sand vagina. Yup. Or sand butthole. What would you... Vagina. Do? Yeah. The Sarlacc pit is definitely a sand vagina. 
So, but he, he just he, had a cool costume. Is what he, he did. He had a cool costume. So everyone built him up as this massively cool guy, and it turned out he survived and had all these really awesome adventures off screen. I guess. Well. By off screen, you mean in the extended universe, which there were many, many novels for. Yeah, because they had to milk as much material out of the original series or original trilogy as they could. So they're like, Back oh. in the day before we had six other movies. Yeah. Or more than that, I guess, because we also have like Solo and Rogue One. Ugh. It, it's beyond me that people like Rogue One. It is one of the most boring movies I think I've ever seen. Oh, nothing happens for long stretches of time and then everyone dies. And then, yeah, we start at the end of A New Hope. We could have just watched A New Hope and skipped all of this. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You could have just watched the one scene where the It's a Trap guy says, many whatevers died to get us this information. There, now you don't have to see Rogue One. Admiral Akbar. Yes. Also, 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 giant, you know, space stations would logically need a place to vent. It wasn't a plot hole that you know oh, you didn't need to make a whole movie dealing with that plot hole you didn't need to make a whole movie dealing with that plot hole because it's not a plot hole i think it's pretty amazing that the death star only needed one very tiny vent that you needed to use goddamn space magic to hit like luke skywalker literally needed to be a goddamn space wizard to do the one thing that would cause the death star to blow up okay we'll say one thing about boba fett though yes Okay, the whole thing with Boba Fett is, like, he's a bounty hunter, but all he really does is go to Cloud City, and Han Solo's there. Yeah. But in real life, here on Earth, in the real world today, not, you know, many, many years ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the main way that Bail Bonds people, Bail Bond enforcement officers... Wow, going all the way back to Once Upon a Time. The main way that they track down people is contacting their family and friends and seeing if they've been around. So Boba Fett is an accurate portrayal of how bounty hunting works. Well, it's like those things where, you know, real-life spying mostly consists of, like, sitting in restaurants, drinking, and trying to overhear stuff. Well, like, real-life hacking mostly involves just trying to trick people to click on bad links. Man, the real world's so much more boring than sci-fi. Speaking of, we should wrap up this episode of Farscape. So John comes back to Moya, and he's got the Tavlek with him, and he's like, oh, um, guys, Moya's on fire? Like... Where does John get hair gel in space? It's probably some sort of grease that Moya manufactures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Anyway, everyone's like, yeah, we know Moya's on fire. We did it. We'll explain. Get on board. And We did start the fire. We did start the fire. Zan is trying to take as much of Moya's pain as possible, but, you know, she's a big-ass ship, so Zan is in pain. Pilot's in pain. Stark's like, I could help, but you've all been screaming at me constantly for no goddamn reason, so... I don't think... Well, Stark is helping in that apparently he's, like, boosting Zan's abilities. He's, like, patting her head and being like, it's fine. They're there. There is a really tender moment where Chiana takes Pilot's hand because he can't even speak, but he's in so much pain. Hmm. So then we get Aaron and John touring the wreckage of Moya, which, as you say, will make her less effective. And we see Zan sitting in the middle of one of the burned out quarters, like, oh my God, what have I done? Because why? Yeah, Zan feels really guilty about all this. 
even well, though like if it wasn't for this everyone moya would have died like it sucks yes also uh we see some not here but we saw some drds earlier which i feel like they've kind of dropped the drds it feels like they're not really in the show that much anymore oh don't worry they're gonna make a comeback mm. we're even gonna get a named drd Ooh. yeah so aaron's like do you feel weird about working with like mercenaries and stuff and like do you feel like we're crossing some sort of moral line because it feels like we're doing a lot of stuff to save a kid that scorpius is definitely going to murder anyway yeah we are not going to succeed jothy is definitely dead and john's like no no jothy's not going to die and then we go to the dining room where all of the mercenaries are fighting with each other because that's how it goes and rigel shows up and just tosses Durka's head into the dining room and is like hey assholes focus up we're all criminals we're all dickweeds straighten up or i'll cut your head off you know it is a good piece of luck that the one time in his life that rigel's riding around carrying the skull of his enemy he should happen to come across a room of people whose attention he wants to get like (laughs) that's good 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 tirade yeah so there's a little ship and it's coming aboard moya and who could possibly be on this little ship? It's Jothy. It is Jothy. And Jothy, I, I really like Jothy in this scene. Because it's the big moment. He's reuniting with Dargo. And he's not doing the Connor Angel thing where he's like, Fuck you, Dad! I'm going to punch you in the face a whole bunch. And then I'm going to run off and fight a car and hallucinate my dead mom for a while. And I'll help a girl who has a drug problem, but then... I'll get mad when she won't have sex with me. That was a weird episode. That was a weird episode. Yeah, he's not all like, Dad, I blame you for the terrible thing that my life has been. I mean, we saw earlier in the scene with Scorpius that he's like, yeah, the Sebations killed my mom. Like, this, the Sebations did this. And we get the nice reunion. Jeff's kind of man pretty. He is man pretty. He, he It's funny, like, he's clearly wearing the same Luxon makeup that Dargo is wearing, mm-hmm. but you can tell that under that, he's, like, the kind of pretty 90s screen kid. Yeah. So Dargo's, like, patting his face, and he's like, I almost lost hope. And Jothy's like, yeah, I knew you'd come for me, eventually. I think that's nice. I think it's nice that he's like, I always knew that you would rescue me someday. And Aaron even smiles. Aaron's, like, so happy to see them reunited. And Dargo... I mean- I know it's probably bullshit because obviously it's bullshit, but I do like how Jothy is like, he's playing into a narrative here. Mm. He's the son who always knew his dad would come for him. He had faith in Dargo and he's not angry that Dargo took time. He's like, look, I've been through a lot of stuff, but I knew we'd be reunited eventually and we are. So I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to see you. And Dargo's like, how did you escape Scorpius? And Jothy's like, he just let me go. Mm, not, not, not suspicious at all. Well, he let him go because they all realized John gave himself up. Mm. John went to Scorpius and was like, all right, I will be here and you should let Jothy go. And I, I appreciate John's not just doing this because Dargo's his friend and he wants to save Jothy. I mean, that's certainly a part of it, but also... He is being tormented by the chip. Like, at the end of the day, he... He just wants it out. Yeah. He doesn't care if Scorpius gets the wormhole technology. 
He just wants the chip out of his head. And if Jothi gets to go free, hey, extra, you know, That might make bonus. up for the peacekeepers having the wormhole technology and absolutely weaponizing it and destroying the galaxy. Eh. And that's where we leave it to be continued. See, it's a real Empire ending. Yeah. It's weird because we had, like, the nice reuniting scene, but then we did end at, like, everyone at their lowest point. So, going over this episode again, I know at the beginning I said it felt like nothing happened, but now that we've really gone over it, I feel like it actually kind of has too many plots-itis. They should have cut out, like, two of the plots and then made parts two and three one part. That's what they should have done. Yeah, because... We it really did feel like we were killing a lot of time seeing the individual recruitment scenes. It really feels like that could have been like a montage of single sentence conversations. In my head when I remember it, I remember it as a montage. And they yeah, they needed to keep the the drive going forward. I, you know, it's funny, I think like we both weirdly convinced each other, like we, we brought each other to the middle on our opinions. Because, yeah, it needed to be the way it is in my head, which is, like, a driving one-sentence-getting-the-team-together montage. Durka was unnecessary here. He really was. I mean, it should have either been a bigger thing or something that didn't happen at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not... I'm I'm happy it wasn't a bigger thing, but it seems dumb to bring him back for... Oh, I'm the king of the pirates now. Cool, whatever. <laughs> okay, so between Durka... Pilot mentioning that Zan was appointed guardian of Moya by the builders and Chiana using that blue glue stuff. I have to feel like there was some sort of how many references can we get into this episode bet going on at uh, Farscape HQ. Oh, we also visited the John Island people. Oh, we also visited this, that. You know what I want? I want to show where it's the uh, mechanic lady where it's the Zanishian pirate dude, and it's Jothi, and they're all just exploring the universe together, robbing people and taking stuff. Oh my god. And 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 the person who, like, runs the crew? Stark. Yeah. I'd like that. That would be a neat show, where they're just, like, scavengers who are, like, building this super special ship using all of their skills combined. Man, that'd be a good show. I'm imagining, like, a Leverage-style show, but with that cast. Yeah, and it's all just about building this bigger, better ship. Yeah, that'd be a good show. So the next episode is the final episode in the Liars, Guns, and Money trilogy. Mm. Liars, Guns, and Money Part 3, Plan B. And the plot description from Amazon Prime is, After Crichton surrenders himself to Scorpius in exchange for Jothi, Dargo and Aaron lead a frontal assault to free Crichton. Okay. I mean, you know that's what's going to happen. You yeah. know that that he's not going to... Pew, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're not just going to leave him there. Well, not our problem anymore. <laughs> I would not be surprised if uh, Dargo was not my problem anymore. Well, I do like that John managed to deliver an epic guilt trip to Dargo on his way out. Mm. So that does it for this week. We just have our segments. Yes, our segments. So the first of our segments is a distant part of the universe, which is what world building worked for you in this episode. I don't know if this counts as world building. 
Actually, I think this might actually be one of the third parts. You know what? Nothing. Nothing this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, so for me, I mean, we're in the middle of a trilogy, so there's not really a lot of new stuff being introduced. But I like the way that the show gave Scorpius and Blue Blady a past without being like too explicit about it. I, I liked that. Speaking of Blue Blady, that will lead us to our second segment for me, uh, Strange Alien Creatures, which I like that she had a... I don't want to use this reference because it's such an awful series and it's by that pedophile guy, but the how her face did the like Jeepers Creepers thing when she got aroused, where she suddenly had a... Uh, yeah, where she has like a claw fan that comes out from the back of her head. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a good effect. That'll take us to our third segment, unless you had something else for Strange Alien Creatures. I do not. Our final segment is just looking for a way home, which is what, if anything, touched you in this episode. Touched is probably the wrong word, but I really, really like Jothi's conversation with Scorpius, mm. where Scorpius is sort of projecting all of this trauma onto Jothi, where Jothi may or may not have issues with the peacekeepers I mean, he, he obviously has issues with peacekeepers but like he's projecting a lot of his own childhood traumas onto jothi and jothi is just sort of letting him talk it out i really like jothi based on his let's be clear relatively small amount of screen time yeah yeah i i did like the jothi scenes like you said the, the few jothi scenes that we got Although for me, the moment that really, like, makes me feel the feels is when Shiana reaches out to hold Pilot's claw as he's suffering from the, the fire on the ship. Mm. But yeah, I think that will do it until next time when we when we watch uh, the finale of this little trilogy. Dun dun dun. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. <laughs> <laughs>